Good evening and welcome to the Old Time Gospel Hour. We are glad that you are joining us this evening. Just sit back and enjoy some good old-fashioned gospel preaching and hope it blesses you as we hear some messages of yesteryear. We plan to feature different messages by Brother Mays Jackson, Brother Billy Kelly, and many more. So we do hope you get a blessing out of this. And if you have any questions, you can reach us at pbcradiobroadcast at gmail.com. We hope to have these episodes also available on our podcast where we get that shared information out to you. Sit back and enjoy. And God bless you. One sat alone beside the highway begging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. He clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and bade his darkness flee. It's time to open the word once again with evangelist Lester Roloff on the Family Altar program. Glory for all is changed when Jesus comes. To stay. This morning, I was talking with you about a young man that got himself in trouble because his mother suggested that he ought to cheat his brother. And uh, he took her advice, as most boys will. Very difficult to build a good boy with a bad mother. Now, I've seen fine boys come out of good home, bad homes, that is, with a good mother and a bad dad, but it's hard for a boy or a girl to rise above the life stream of the mother. And that's the reason the devil's doing his best to break up the homes today. He's not making his bid for the husband as much as for the wife, the organization and the powerful political force today, known as ERA, Equal Rights uh, for Women, that was spawned in hell and promoted on earth by wicked people. No doubt about that. You don't know really, I mean, just might as well face it, you don't know of a real born-again, spirit-filled, Bible-loving, sin-hating Christian that'll support ERA. Wickedest people on earth are in that thing. Women that act like men are in that. And political leaders that support it, they're not right with the Lord. Amen. God never did lead anybody to put women in the service and make soldierettes out of them. Right. There's no way for a woman to take a man's place. And when I preach like this, I'm preaching protection for women. I'd like for them to be back in that sweet, happy, holy place uh, that the Lord put them in. Go back. When God made a woman, 
He said, I want you to be a helpmate, not a stalemate. I don't want you to be a hurtmate. I don't want you to be a bossmate. I want you to be a helpmate. You've got to help the foreman of this range here. Uh, so I believe that we have no right to change God's plan. If you have your Bible, turn with me please again to the book of Genesis. That's the first book, the book of beginning. We were in the 31st and 32nd chapters. I rehearsed for those of you who were not here. There are four people involved, or five at least, that are involved in the heart of the story. Others will join us as we journey. But one of them was Isaac. One was Rebecca. That's mother and dad. Had two boys named Jacob and Esau. Jacob was uh, his mother's favorite. Esau might have been his dad's favorite, but his daddy was within his rights when he said, I want to give you the blessing that belongs to the oldest boy. He said, you may go and kill me a deer and make me that savory venison that I like so well and uh, bring it to me and I'm going to give you the blessing that falls on my oldest son. Esau was elated and glad and considered it a real privilege to get that kind of a blessing. But things didn't go as were planned because the mother said to Jacob, Jacob, um, with your cooperation, we'll get you the blessing. You go kill uh, one of the goats. You go kill a kid Bring it in. I know how to fix it up. He'll never know the difference. And so she fixed up what was supposed to be savory venison. Now, she he took it in, and as you know, his dad was blind, and uh, he couldn't see. He felt of him, but they decorated his arms with uh, hair so that said, well, you feel like uh, Esau, but you sound like Jacob. And, uh, oh, he went by feeling, and he did wrong. But a little while, Esau came in with the venison. You know the story. And then Jacob had to leave home. Now, Jacob never came back home while he was mother's living. The mother lost her favorite son. And when she told him goodbye, she never saw his face again. So Jacob goes up in the wilderness, and he lays down and he has a vision, and he sees angels coming down the ladder we call Jacob's Ladder. Goes on up, and he meets a young lady by the name of Rachel and her sister named Leah, and the daddy was named Laban, and they were kinfolks. I mean, they were kin to Jacob, and Jacob wound up working 14 years in order to get Rachel. Now then, after 20 years, the Lord said, Jacob, I believe I'd go back to Bethel. I'd like for you to go back. Now, one of the things that made him want to go back to Bethel was that he had accumulated so many cattle and camels and oxen and sheep until Laban and his sons were looking strange out of their eyes 
at their brother-in-law and his son-in-law. And Jacob, in order to protect his own hide, said uh, to Leah and Rachel and his children, I believe we better be pulling out of here. You know, the Lord uses various things to get us back to Bethel, doesn't he? Sometimes it's sorrow. Sometimes it's reverses in finances. Sometimes, I mean, he'll keep anything he can do to get us back. And so now Jacob, do you think he's going to have a going away party? Fact is, he was gone. You see, when Laban went over to a big pasture somewhere to shear the sheep, Jacob said, now this will be a good time to leave while he's gone. That'll give us a good lead on him. And so they took off and were gone three days before Laban ever knew about it. And uh, one of the boys came in one day and said, Dad, that sorry Jake's gone. Old Jake pulled out. He said, what? And said he took everything he had with him. He took camels. I mean, now when, see, Jacob came there, he had nothing. I mean, the only thing he had was maybe a, paper sack with an extra shirt in it, maybe a few clothes. <clears throat> now then, he has him one more herd of cattle and camels, and every one of his family was riding a big camel. I mean, that was comparable, as you know, to Mark 5. I mean, that's what a camel was. Boy, poor folks didn't ride, ride camels. They, wore, they rode donkeys or walked. Man, old Jake sitting up on a big camel, I mean, suspension drive, big radiators. I mean, boy, let me tell you something. They're moving on. Oh, listen. They're leaving in style. And Rachel and Leah and all the children. Boy, there they are servants and great herd. And here's the thing about it. They were going through strange country, and God put the terror of the Lord in those people and said, you better not bother old Jake. He's my boy. Uh, he, he's, he's been a deceiver, but I got my, I made a contract with him back under, uh, out under at, uh, at uh, Bethel, and, and uh, I, I want you to leave him alone. So, but I'll tell you one thing. Old Laban, man, he got hot in the collar. He said, boys, let's go after him. And I tell you, Jacob was making, I know he'd been gone three days, but Jacob was making good time because it took Laban seven days to catch him. I mean, Jacob wasn't just uh, idling long and uh, looking at the country. He was moving on. He said, let's get going. And so Laban was on his way. And I believe that Laban intended to get rid of Jacob, bring his daughters back, because when he went over there, he said, those are my daughters. And this is mine, and boy, he was hollering, everything's mine. But one night, when Laban went to bed, went to sleep out there in a prayer somewhere, the Lord came and visited him in a dream and said, Now, Laban, let's get it straight. I'm going to let you go on, and you're going to see your son-in-law and your two daughters and your grandchildren, and you're going to take a long, last look at your cattle that he, he worked for it. He worked for you 20 years. You changed his wages 10 times. You made him work seven years for Rachel and then deceived him and gave him Leah and made him work seven more years 
14 years, and I just tell you, chickens are coming home to roost. So Laban said, and the Lord said, you can't say good and you can't say bad. In other words, just straddle the fence and get over and get it over with and leave him alone. So you know, uh, Jacob looked up and saw him coming, and he said, Yonah comes your dad. Oh, I, I was afraid of that. Here it comes. Big old brothers, you know, there they come, riding up. And Laban, oh, boy, he puts on the front. See, see, the Lord doesn't put the restraining order on him. The Lord doesn't drop the governor on him and said, you can't do nothing. Break your neck. I mean, you just, uh, you, you're not going to hurt Jacob. I'm obligated to protect him. And, of course, Laban came up with a pious uh, song and dance story and said, Jacob, why did you do this? You ought to be ashamed. I, I want to give you a going away party with mirth and song. Oh, we would have had a great time. Now, he's lying. Boy, he wanted to kill him so bad he couldn't, you know. He wanted to get all them cows and all them big old camels standing there. He, boy, but you see, the Lord knows how to protect his children. <clears throat> now, here's one of the lessons about Jacob, and this is good for us. God does not just protect the perfect. God protects his own. Now, so he, he, he had an understanding. He said, all right. And he, but he said, the thing I don't understand is, Y'all stole my gods. Y'all got away with my gods. said, that's horrible. Of course, I don't think old Laban cared anything about them, but, you know, they're just idols. And now Jacob said, now, you, you're pushing it too far now. Because, you know, really, Jacob only had one god. He didn't act like it sometimes that he even had that many. But um, he, he said, now, we, uh, we, didn't get, we didn't get your gods. Of course, what he didn't know is that Rachel did. And, uh, and through a trick of Rachel, he was unable to locate the God. And so Laban said, all right. He said, I'm going to, I want to go back. And he said, I'm going to have a good understanding with you. And I want you to know something. I'm going to set a pile of stones. Now, to me, this is sort of sad when in-laws act like outlaws. He said, Jake, I want you to notice this pile of stones here. He said, yes, sir. He said, on this side, the direction I'm going, that's no man's land for you. Now, boy, I'm telling you right now, you have no guarantee of protection when you come on this side of the stone. And I think old Jacob might have said, the same thing goes for my side. They had the parting of the way. And Laban told his daughters goodbye forever, at least down here. The little old grandchildren hugged granddaddy's neck for the last time. But that's not the end of the story. See, we're, we're on our way to Bethel. And one of the first things you got to do to get to Bethel, you got to leave Laban. You got to break some connections. Laban was not a man of God. And Jacob had to leave him, though he'd been there 20 years. Now then, the thing uh, that I want you to see, 
is that when he left Laban, he had another confrontation. The one person that he dreaded, I mean the one that had a contract on him, he had to meet his mafia, actually. And Esau was his mafia. I mean, Esau, and, and Jacob knew as well, and his mother knew. Said, now, you know good and well, Esau, and of course he's a type of the world, and said he's threatened to kill you and he'll do it. And the only way I can protect my favorite son is to pack your suitcase and let you go until this thing settles down. Which, of course, it never did while she was living. Now then, somebody comes up and says, Jacob, I noticed Laban's gone. He said, yeah, I'm glad of it. We got through that one. He said, I got news for you. Esau's coming. Oh, no. Man, he said, I can't go back. Laban's just on the other pile of stone. Now, here I am. Are you sure? He said, not only is Esau coming, 400 big men are coming with him. Now, Brother Jacob just now fixing to hub it. I mean, he's fixing to get high center right now. <laughs> Poor old Jacob. You know, really, backsliders, don't they get in a lot of trouble? You see, um, lost people, nothing bothers them. They don't have any conscience. They don't bother Man, they drink liquor, smoke cigarettes, cuss, gamble. I mean, live in sin and go to bed at night. He said, man, how can you sleep after you've done it? It don't bother me. Man, I mean... But a Christian, if you're really saved and you get in sin and trouble, it'll trouble you all right. It'll trouble you. I mean, boy, listen, when, when you disobey the Lord and you get down to pray and the Lord said, take a look. Mm-hmm. You've got some confession, haven't you? Yes, sir. Brother, lost people, don't bother them, but sin will bother a Christian. All right. Jacob, he's still Jacob. Now notice, we, we, he's still, that's still his name. And uh, he said, now then, what are we going to do? And talk about strategy. Of course, I've got to meet him. Ain't no, I mean, you know, everybody is going to have to meet their Esau. And if you, go, if you walk far enough with Jesus, you'll meet your Judas. Boy, that, that's, that's, uh, that's something when you meet. See, Judas has to be on the inside. Judas never is on the outside. Judas pulled an inside job on Jesus. I mean, he carried the money back, walked close to him, saw the miracles, watched him pray. I don't think he ever prayed. He knew the place where he went to pray. And uh, he was a close friend of Jesus, and he was a member of that uh, select crowd, and yet his heart was a thousand miles away. Don't you ever think that you're going to walk with Jesus without meeting a Judas someday. I won't go into that, but a brother, I've been along the trail. And uh, it, 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 they take you by surprise. You, you, when, you, when you trust somebody, you believe in somebody. And, of course, the thing, I don't have as much sense and wisdom and discernment as Jesus. He knew Judas was Judas, but he was going to go through it in order to let us know there's a way uh, to overcome. Nobody 
was ever treated any worse than Jesus was treated. I mean by the disciples and by, uh, well, everybody that knew him. I mean, they just didn't understand him. Now then, I think Jacob did a little floor walking or ground walking, and uh, he said, now, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to get some presents lined up for him. Knowing old Esau like I know him, I tell you, I believe I can buy him. Man, I'll prize him. Man, he doesn't know what all I've got. And so he said, now, listen to the servant. He said, let's get uh, some arrangements made for a whole bunch of cattle and all, and, and, he, and he lined up everything. He said, now, you go and say, Esau, this is from your loving brother. This is from Jacob. And there's some more coming. And boy, I mean, they just kept going in and going in. And Esau said, what's this all about? Oh, he said, Jacob wanted his older brother to have it. But you know, Esau, I get it. Esau was not to be bought. This is one time God's going to have to handle your problem. If you ever get back to Bethel, you're going to have to let God get you back there and take care of the stumbling blocks and the difficulties on the way back. And I heard the message on the radio this afternoon while I was out visiting, and it's easy to get away from the Lord, but, oh, it's a long trip back. I mean, it's just hard for the old flesh to ever get back. Uh, the, you know what the devil says? Oh, they could, nobody will ever forgive you. They'll never forget it. I mean, you played the fool. I mean, you, here you used to speak to preach the witness to do everything. Now then, you know there's no place for you. God will not forgive you. The people will not forgive you. That's a lie. Now then, he lined up all of his presents and sent them in. But he still didn't have the victory down in here. Uh, he said, I tell you, I, I've got an uncertain feeling about my meeting. I've got to meet him tomorrow. Got to meet him tomorrow. He put all of his family to bed. And he said to Leah and to Rachel and to his children, he said, um, I doubt if I'll sleep much tonight. I'm going to cross the brook here, and I want to be alone. I just want to be alone for a little bit. Dear friend, he got out there that night and had an experience that I think um, is the secret of the rest of his life. Now, you see, <clears throat> they've already come to a conclusion with Laban, the Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And then here comes Esau. Then I want you to notice, he said, Jacob said, Oh God, chapter 32, verse 9, of my father Abraham. Notice, Oh God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which says unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. Now notice, we're fixing to have revival fires to start burning. He said, I am not worthy, verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies 
and of all the truth which thou showed unto thy servants. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I'm become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me, and the mother with the children. And thou saidst, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And he lodged there that same night, and took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau his brother. And he begins to tell how many. Now then, I want to show you something else. Beginning at verse 22, he arose that night, took his two wives, his two women servants, and his eleven sons, and passed over the ford Jabbok. Now then, he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And the only thing that he had between he and Esau was a brook, just a little running water. Verse 24, and here's the secret of the change, I think, or the beginning. And Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Did you know the average Christian can't stand to be alone? The average American, they're afraid to be alone. Jacob was left alone. God said, I'm going to have me a private conference with you. And Jacob was alone, nobody. Now, he, he said he prayed to his grandfather's God, his father's God, but you notice Jacob didn't say, my God, like he ought to. Jacob, I think, is, is having a second-hand experience, but he's fixing to meet God face to face, and that's what the Bible's going to tell him. And that's the way you get back to Bethel. And so he said he was left alone, and he began to pray. And after he had prayed a while, in fact, it's all night long, all night long, there's two questions going to be asked. The man who wrestled with him said, um, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And you know what Jacob is? That's supplanter. I've been a cheater. I cheated my brother out of his birthright. I cheated my brother out of the final blessing that belonged to him. I do not know now. I know one thing. He sure did get a mighty herd of cattle. And I know that uh, he had a plan by which, and, uh, and, and I, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody that raises cattle can ever explain exactly what all happened. But I know one thing, God blessed Jacob, and he came out loaded. Of course, <laughs> that's just true of most any Jew. I mean, you can give him a, a, a little store in the side of a wall, and, and first thing you know, he's got a department store rolling. And I'm not criticizing, I'm just simply saying, but I'll tell you, Jacob, Jacob, uh, <laughs> Would you let me tell a little story? Many years ago, 
And I tell you what, I think we need a little of this of ourselves. And <clears throat> But precious old Jew was on his deathbed. And uh, he said, Mama, uh, where's Rebecca? Oh, said, Rebecca's right here, Daddy, he, right here, Papa. And said, there's uh, <clears throat> Jacob. Well, said, Jacob is right here, Papa, by the bed. And said, there's Isaac. And said, he's right here by your bed, Papa. He called all of his children, and they were all, said they're right here by the bed, Papa. And Papa raised up a little and said, but Mama, who's with the business? Huh? We might make a little more if we'd stay with the business. If we decided we'd work a little harder and a little longer and stay at it, God would bless us. And let me say, I appreciate the faithful workers that we have. And I think we have very few drones in our beehive. I believe most of us are willing. And girls, you need to be taught to work. Boys, all of us. And to see them go across this town knocking on doors. And, and that's the way we ought to be trained. We ought to be dependable. Fine. All right. Now then, they turn the question around. Uh, and he said, I'm Jacob. I'm just old Jacob. He said, you're not going to be Jacob anymore. You're going to be Israel. You're going to be Prince of God. Think of that. You're going to be Prince of God. Now, Jacob said, what is thy name? What is your name? I want to know what's your name. Have you ever figured out who that was wrestling with, Jacob? Who do you think it'd be besides Jesus? Jesus is permanent. I mean, he was, Jesus didn't just come into being over in Bethlehem's manger. Jesus is eternal. In the beginning, God. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who better could come and have a wrestling match with Jacob and had a personal meeting uh, with him? Now, Jacob has already said, I'm not worthy of all the mercies. He's already prayed, deliver me. He was left alone. Now then, <clears throat> when he saw that the breaking of the day was coming, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. Now then, let's see if we find a lesson. When the man who came to wrestle saw that he didn't prevail, he said, I'll have to touch him physically. I'll have to fix him. Now, I don't think that he had to touch his thigh. I think he could have gotten by without it if he'd have surrendered. If he'd have said, Lord, I'll trust you. Leave my, both of my legs uh, in good shape. He touched his thigh, touched the hollow of his thigh. And I want you to see something else. <clears throat> After he was left alone and his thigh was out of joint as he wrestled, with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaking. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Let me ask you this. 
What would have happened to Jacob if he hadn't, if, if the man who wrestled with him, if he hadn't have left? What would have happened to him? I mean, if the sun had come up and he'd have looked at the man he was wrestling, what would he have died? He'd have killed him. His leaving before daylight saved Jacob's life, and he had to cripple him because he stayed with him all night. And no man can look on God and live. The only way I can look at my Father is through the transformer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What do we got out here on these poles, transformers? Only where we get the light in is through a transformer. You don't go out there and grab one of them big powerful lines and pump the power through that. No, sir. Dear friends, Jesus is our transformer. We go to the Father through Him. Now let's see something else. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And notice, as he passed over Penuel or Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Are you listening? Jacob, the next morning, even though it was a long, difficult, struggling, straggling night, the sun came up right on time. And when it did, Jacob is a crippled Jacob. Jacob got him a walking stick and crippled his way to meet his brother. Imagine Esau said, Jacob, what's wrong with your leg? <laughs> well, I had a meeting with the Lord last night. He fixed me where I couldn't run. I'm meeting you. I'm a crippled Jacob but I'm trusting God. And he limped out on that hollow place. Fact is, are you listening? He was depending on the place that God touched him, and he wasn't ashamed. And he came out and said, Jacob, Esau, he said, I'm trusting the Lord. I've given you these gifts. I know that's not the answer. I've tried to outsmart you every time, and I was going to do it again. But the Lord taught me last night. You know what happened? Get it. Something happened to Esau. It wasn't the people. It wasn't the cows and the cattle and the camels. i tell you what it was. It was the power of God. And while he wrestled, I said, while Jesus wrestled and dealt, with Jacob, I think he also paid a visit to Esau. And the next day, when Esau saw his brother coming, the Bible said he ran to him and gave him a kiss and hugged his brother. And Jacob, I think, realized that God was going to get him back to Bethlehem. Dear friend, he had to get some things fixed with Laban, with Esau, and he had to get himself crippled up before he'd move on back to Bethel. In a little bit, we're going to get the next call. God said, Jacob, 
And he said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to rise and go back to Bethel and dwell there, and I want you to change your garments, and I want you to get rid of your gods and your idols. Brother, if you're going to get back to Bethel, you've got to give up those old idols. You say, what's an idol? Anything that you love more than you love the Lord. Anything that you spend more time with than you do God, including television, newspapers, magazines, or whatever it may be. You want to get back to Bethel, you're going to have to leave your labor and meet your Esau. Go to your brook and pray. Let God touch you. Let him give you a new name and not be ashamed. Young people, Bethel's a sweet place. You know what Bethel is? It's the place where you met the Lord. That's the sweetest place. That's the sweetest experience you've ever had or ever will have down here is when you meet the Lord Jesus. But you know there's something maybe we've overlooked a little bit, and that is Esau and Jacob, though they were governed, had a restraining order on both of them from the Lord, just like Laban did. Esau said to Jacob, you go ahead. You and your herd and your camels and your family, you go ahead. Old Jacob came right back and said, no, no. Really, there was distrust. There was this. He said, you go ahead. You know if I, if I overdrive my herd, they'll die. And I want you, in other words, Esau, if you don't mind, get on out of the way. I mean, let's come to the parting of the way. The sword still ran, looked like. And Esau and Jacob didn't quite trust one another. Folks, you want to go back to Bethel? You may have to tell Laban goodbye. You'll have to meet members of your family, you girls. You hate your mother? You hate your daddy? Are you willing to forgive him and forgive your mother? Do you have hatred for your brothers and your sisters and your kinfolks or for somebody else? Huh? You better get all that stuff out of you so you can get your prayers answered. And I know one thing, when Jesus comes in, that goes out. And I want to tell you boys something over yonder. God can touch the hollow of your thigh. Oh, I, you know, we brought some curtains back. The greatest, one of the greatest athletes this generation is known. One of the most popular, big time. I mean, big league, big uh, pro football player and all of it. I mean, absolutely. He, he was the most... Uh, he was the most promising. He played here and played there. But he just wouldn't come under. I mean, he just, and finally, he had a horrible wreck. I want you to know it left his brain addled. And now then, he's not a football player anymore, never will play anymore. He'll never play another game. But I want you to know, he's one of the greatest soul winners. He came up to me the other night and said, I brought you these curtains here. Only you have. My mother made them. And 
There he is. One of the greatest athletes that the world has ever known. Now then, he's one of the greatest soul winners in Atlanta, Georgia. God touched the hollow of his thigh. And now then, he's limping for Jesus. His brain is not as good as it was, but what he's got left loves Jesus. I close the message by saying, when God said, go back to Bethel, head out immediately, and you'll be glad the rest of your life that you did. And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Back to the Bible, the true living word, sweetest old story that ever was heard. Back to the joy life my soul longs to know Bethel is calling and I must go back to Bethel I must go back where the rivers of sweet waters flow back to the true life my soul longs to know Bethel is calling and I must go. Back to the beautiful path I once trod. Back to the church and the people of God. Out of this old cold world of sin and its woe, Bethel is calling and I must go. Back to the prayer life in Christ I once knew. Back to its beautiful life cleansing dew. Back to help others to conquer each foe. Bethel is calling and I must go. Back to Bethel I must go back where the rivers of sweet waters flow back to the true life my soul longs to know Bethel is calling and I must go Bethel is calling and I will go.
Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. You may listen to the preaching and the special music of the Family Altar Program 24 hours a day when you visit our ministry website, roloff.org. We love hearing from our listeners. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write to us at Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. Again, that's Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. This broadcast is made possible by the prayers and financial support of listeners like you. Thank you for partnering with us, and remember that Christ is the answer. Again, thank you for joining us this evening and giving us a little bit of your time on the Old Time Gospel Hour. Hope the message was encouraging to you tonight. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you may write us at pbcradiobroadcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Have a great evening, and until next time, God bless.